G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. Pete Anthony, Shane Kelio, Jackson Oldham and Rob Scurry here to review the weekend's racing. There's actually just that hint of spring in the air. I don't know if you guys feel it as well. Maybe it's just because we had a Flemington meeting and so everything feels a bit nicer as a result. But Jackson, if I start with yourself, just looking at the data from punting form, it's a little bit ho-hum. Yeah, I wouldn't say spring's in the air off the back of uh, this meeting. Like, we did have a group three of Flemington, but it was uh, underwhelming at best. Um, there was, Yeah, the the data and the numbers look pretty average, and I don't think there's a lot a lot out of this meeting to take in the next um, couple of weeks and in, into the spring. Yeah, I mean, straight off the bat, we had a question regarding Berkeley Square in terms of its current data and progression. Do we think he'll be competitive in a derby compared with previous years? That's from Gordon's Gecko on Twitter. Uh, now, Jackson, just based off pure what you've seen of the horse so far, what are you thinking? Uh, I would say yes, but I would also say we didn't learn a heap yeah. from his win. Like like, like staying at 1,400, although I rode him on speed just to, just to win that race, he's obviously like he's – um, a strongest part of his strongest part of his race with the last 200 metres and he's going to be better over further. But uh, it was a bit inconclusive, but you'd assume up to 2,000 and beyond he's going to be in, in any race he contests. Yeah, just looking at the, the split ranks for the meeting, um, you know, the 8th the fastest last 200, the 25th fastest last 400. So it was going well enough through the line. But, I mean, that was just a Willow masterclass, wasn't it? You know, you're half expecting the horse to get back and possibly in an awkward spot, and he just yeah. took charge and just put it straight into the race. So that was completely painless there. Um, Kels, do you have anything to add regarding Berkeley Square? Oh, only that Johnny got angry, or Johnny get angry, won the derby. So um, <laughs> there's a fair chance his horse could do. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, look, at, I suppose, like, I would say it was a little bit better win than what the data uh, yeah. reflects. Okay. I think Willow rode it like the best horse in the race to get the job done, riding it outside of what we sort of thought might have been uh, its normal pattern, although it's slightly race, so saying normal pattern is probably a little bit unfair. But he done it, he done it at both ends, and um, I like the way that he really stuck his neck out and flattened out when Willow sort of asked him to. So I think there's more upside than what than what we sort of get off the data there going okay. forward. Uh, race three was of interest because Varen Scova has completely and utterly pissed in. Now, was this just Mark Zara masterclass? Is the horse really very good? Does it love the straight? What What are we taking out of this race, Jackson? Yeah, well, I think the horse is pretty smart, obviously. But, yeah, this was a 12 out of 10 by MZ. This was a complete peach. Um, I was a bit grade up from outside gate last start to inside gate um it's a big big horse and she does get like pretty hot in the parade yeah. as well and I, I was worried gate two she's going to be back and inside but uh, i mean 800 out was almost home sort of thing it was a great ride yeah superb i mean look you're looking at the rest of the field and you know the data's relatively plain but this thing really stands out especially over those concluding stages in terms of coming off a fast tempo and the splits going through the line so Yep. I think, as you said, smart. There's like a, probably a nice race there for it, especially at Flemington. Um, probably uh, coming out of the same race, we had Field of Roses going around for Mailbag Bloodstock, beaten five lengths. But the thing that really stands out in the wide starter, having a look where the first, uh, what, the first 10 home in the field 
lanes 14, 18, 16, Field of Roses, lane 6, 15, 15, 13, 19, 12. So it was the only horse along the inside to really, well, it was the only horse along the inside. Yes. So you, you could say unsuited. I think that's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. And um, Kels, what did uh, you think watching the race live? Obviously, you've probably got a little bit more of a, a bloodstock eye. It took me about half the race to realise that we actually had a runner in it. Like <laughs> uh, my punting brain tells me that he rode that horse to SP. Yeah, wasn't really there. Wasn't really. Yeah, you know, I don't think this could win. It could probably run well. Um, now if I backed it because <laughs> I'm a mug <laughs> owner that backs their own horses. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it should have ran. Should have ran third, as you said. Uh, laying data of the fastest last uh, 100 meters of the race, courtesy of punningform.com. Dot au was lane 15, 17, 14, and 16, as you mentioned earlier. Um, this horse runs fourth, plugging away uh, closer to the fence than any other runner um, in the race. And if he had a sort of followed MZ, he, he might have run a hole, but um, probably a bit of pocket talk there. Horse has gone as probably as good as it could. Yeah, interesting to note that second up last preparation, obviously, uh, for the previous trainer in P Stokes was also in a benchmark 70 and ran fourth at Flemington as well. So I guess that's probably one of those where you're looking at the, the grade of the horse and it can drop back down in class and be very competitive. You'd think next start. Indeed. The, us, the, us, a stable mate there, Eliza, I thought was one of the um, black bookers of the card. I thought it, it tanked through the line the last 200. I thought it went huge. So I, uh, Bedge good, obviously, airborne, and um, all these horses all these horses are going well, it seems. Yep, last 59 winners, nine place getters, striking at 18%, 30.4% hot. Huge. Pretty handy, pretty handy stats. Um, if we go forward, another straight race in the card, I guess the feature, the Group 3, the Ori Star. Even tempo, I guess to the eye, given it's just a small field, probably surprising it actually went even. Serious Suspect is a well-established straight horse and um, had everything in its favour. Perfect ride, Ethan Brown. It all looked like they were trying to find one or two lanes, but just being the West's best, you know, Dominion League supporting bastard that I am, I had to have a bet on Stageman first up and obviously – Gave you a little bit of a heads up or an insight as to how he would usually parade, and yep, you were very impressed with the way that he paraded. So we we had a little bet here. Oh, very, very impressed. Loved him. Absolutely oh, love him. My goodness, uh, watching that unfold though was uh, some it was, water torture. It was, it was more painful personally because Ollie produced uh, an unbelievable piece of magic yeah. about an hour beforehand to just pip us on the post with blue cup. And then I'm like, all right, here we go. Ollie's on, we're on side here. And he just manages to track the hundred to one pop romancer into the race. D doesn't get clear until inside the clock tower and probably should have won. Yeah. I mean, look, Stageman is a bit of an, an enigma. I think there's probably no other way to describe him. He has been very competitive in good races in Perth. Ran second in the winter bottom last season behind Graceful Girl um, when he was basically last going in towards the straight and made up a really good ground there. Um, the year before, he was behind Elite Street in the winter bottom, finished midfield but only beaten three lengths. He's a good horse. 
He's a very good horse. Just no one's ever been able to tap into him. Willie Pike actually infamously said that he hates the horse. He hates riding it. Then don't get along. So if someone can untap Stageman, it could win a really nice race. Um, you just wonder if that was it there on Saturday. Not that it was a nice race, but you know, first start in Melbourne winning a Group Three. Anyway, I'll leave it up to. I don't care for Bob. That's that's fine. He can deal with it. He's got enough horses and enough cash to be able to make a change next start. I'm sure. Yeah, and he'll um, probably, I reckon he'll be at uh, at top next run or maybe one after. Like he was, he didn't have heaps of condition. Yeah. yeah there from a yard point of view. I think the gear changes too is something that I think is important. He went no, no headgear Saturday. Well, the headgear was taken off. Yeah, I do wonder if that's just because they've just decided to make a few changes. He hasn't always raced with the crossover nose band in the winkers. That was more like a. A couple of preps ago, they they trialed that. Before that, he was a relatively straightforward horse, but he has changed trainers twice. He was initially with with the Williams team, then he went to Durant, and now he's obviously with Danny O. So they might just be trying to work out a few things with with Stageman. Um, and he does have a nice goose step when he's when he's feeling good about himself. So he's an eight year old. Yeah, Stageman. Yeah. How old's the horse at one? Thirteen. Feels like he's been going around <laughs> eight, forever too. Serious suspect. Eight as well. Mm. Yeah. I was disappointed with the ride on shooting for gold, um, who has been shown a good turn of foot when coiled up um, and just never got cover and over raced. Um, took a, took away any chance he'd had. Yeah, um, um, to to dash. And King of Sparta flat. I thought the rest. The rest never travelled. King of Sparta never travelled. It was uh, awful. Out of I mean, the gate, I had four dollars after two hundred metres. Do we do we really like, what do we make of King of Sparta? I mean, he was completely blessed by a perfect Joe McNeil ride there yeah. at Caulfield. Is the horse uh, is he any good? I talk, I was in his corner last week, and I, I think pay to forgive back around the bend at Caulfield on a decent track. He'll go all right next start. I'm not saying maybe you know maybe he's not the wild ruler that I thought he might be, but I, I think his form up until that one straight run, you know, goes. Horses for courses, eh? How dumb are we? Flemington yeah. um, straight, back fucking Flemington straight horses. Um, but I thought that I, I hated watching the race. I thought it was disgusting, um, the horse thing, because I, I I backed the favourite and I had something on Showman. <laughs> um, and I watched the thing in the front going, no, I can't take 220 about this stuff. But, you know, well, not- my opinion of the horse hasn't changed, and by full credit, Sarda Sun winning a group three year again, but. Like these are group three, like open company horses, off season group three horses. Nothing's yeah. changed there. Yeah. Look, probably the other race on the card that had some sort of interest was the last race. Another straight race, 1100 metres. Fire was the favourite coming off a Sandown win, which I know we're, we're always a little bit iffy on the Sandown, you know, figures and yep. performances full stop. And uh, the horse that I think I mentioned a few weeks back after it went through the gates at Caulfield after being backed heavily into favourite was Chain of Lightning. And I was intrigued to see what the market did with this. And in the end, it drifted out a bit and then was firm back in late and completely, you know, just ran over top of them late. So, again, Jackson, did we learn anything from the last race there at Flemington? Uh, not really, I don't think. A Chain of Lightning went minus 8.8 uh, at Caulfield, Uh First up, P. Moody, and has gone yep. 8.7 here. So that's probably just her. Um, wanted to be with her, um, but I just thought that improving track, I thought, well, when she uh, ran through the gates there at Caulfield, that was a wet track. She, uh, she, she, 
it was going to have every chance and that SP kind of reflected that. And um, I, I didn't think he was going to get those same favours here, but uh, was was too good. The first two look pretty smart. Um, I don't think either of them are world beaters, but um, maybe maybe listed group three sort of company. Yeah, it, I think that's... Because like it's a minus 8.7. It isn't like it's... Isn't like this is a minus twelve or anything like that. And look, uh, fascinating looking at the just the overall speed up front there from Squid Game. Uh, you go back last start; it's Isn't gone it? eleven point six lengths fast there in punting forms data, and then this start only five point five lengths fast in the six hundred, and obviously hasn't shown the same performance. So, well, I just don't think he's an effect. He's he's as effective on top of the speed, mm-hmm. like. It, I know he won their two starts back, but it was kind of just what he had to do to get the job done. And um, I thought they'd go back here again and and come home. But, yeah, I think he's better off the speed for sure. Okay. All right. That's Flemington in a nutshell. Uh, let's move to Randwick, which the feature on the card, the missile stakes, I mean, look, this is a group two race. Is it really a group two, Rob? It's got the history to suggest it would be a group two, but it's an under and an underfunded group two. But yeah. if you go back through previous winners of the race, there's, there's a lot of good horses there. Well, look, geez, uh, I've never I've never heard someone say a race in New South Wales underfunded. That's a first. <laughs> I don't, well, you know, some, we've got some ridiculous <laughs> money on on stupid races. With, with you know, he makes makes up a name and it's worth six million dollars. This is you know pretty. Time wanted kickstart to spring for weight for age horses. Um, Fair argument. It's probably got a little bit more credit credence to it than the little dance or something. Probably <laughs> the little dance. Well, it was meant to be a Group One horse in the race, which I fell into. I hate this horse. Forbidden Love. Um, I saw it do this in the Doncaster as well. After it prayed it beautifully first up, as good as I've ever seen it, and it did the same thing in the Doncaster. Ran terribly. Previous to that. It does everything a weight for age horse shouldn't do in the yard. It jig jogs around, it gets sweaty, um, and it wins when it does that. And it just just shows again the exception to the rule that racing is. There's always there's always one bloody fly in the ointment, and it, it's got me. It didn't get me on Doncaster today, um, but it got me first up here. And uh, the winner, um, Brisbane horse Rachel King on. I, I just had, I thought well, it looks well, looks forward first up. Rachel King, hundred to one. I can probably let that one go. Um, I think we had a question about Counter Rupee as well. Yeah. Um, he looked um, uh, sort of the antithesis of the, the other thing I backed in the race, the Gay Waterhouse Embracer, which went awful. Um, he just looked like he had a lot of good improvement to come, and I'd, I'd rather back the more forward sprinter than than him. Um, so I think he's got bigger fish to fry. Whether it's second, third up, uh, not sure. Wonder Bar's off to off to be a mum. Halal look. Look pretty fat to me, um, but you know, and probably short of it. But we'll see how he looks next time. Um, embrace look, you know, very forward. Um, look, look perfect. You know, he's, he's a good type. Um, as is uh, Counter Rupee. I mean, this is a pretty ordinary looking race when you have a look at the data. They've obviously gone slow. There's plenty of you know big splits going home, but you know the, the winner was seventy to one. It's a race that historically the last five years the SPs have been five fifty for Fobita, two dollars thirty for Eduardo, which is clearly the best figure out of any of these winners. Alizé was a dollar thirty, and Pierrata was four dollars forty. You get a seventy to one shot that's won a walk. It's just this looks like a real iffy looking race overall. Um, you know, if, if Forbidden Love shows a little bit more 
kept oh. in the yard next start, you know, you yeah, know possibly starts, forgive it, but start, um, start, starts melting down. Yeah, you know, it's good to go. Yeah, but uh, Kells, there was a little bit of stable confidence for the winner. Yes, um, I'm I'm staggered how you blokes couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> you've only got to go back 360 days um, <laughs> when it ran second to Jonker. Uh, in track record time at Doomben over the twelve hundred, it was clearly, you know, clearly a ten a single figure chance here, wasn't it? Off that, yeah, apple apples sort of comparison. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, don't overthink it. I mean, I, I mean, obviously uh, Rachel on? Rachel on adds, you know, sixty one dollars. Um, <laughs> Toby Edmonds does a um, does a weekly stable update with um, on Twitter on a video and. Normally gives out his best bet for the weekend, and his best bet was Hard Empire each way. He said the old boy is flying on the track. Forgive his run in the um, Ramorni or whatever it was called at Grafton, and uh, he's he'll be he's fit. Other than, and some of these uh, have got bigger spring targets in mind that'll probably be having a fitness run. Was his assessment um, anyway? Yeah. Hope they filled up the boys. Um, no, I mean obviously this horse has got ability. Obviously a long way, a long didn't come up as well last prep. And I know it's a long bow to draw when you're talking about a nine-year-old and you want to go and find him off his runs back in 2000, as in the year 2020, not 2000. Oh, yeah. 2000. That is a long bow. Um, so you've got to go back a couple of years to, to draw a line with the jonker form. He did not jonker off um, up here, but, yeah, anyway. Full credit, as they say. Full credit indeed. Uh, Rob, a few more horses that people wanted to know how they paraded. Mountsai, which was the winner there of race six, again off a slow tempo, overall figure, reasonable on the day. He looked fat, um, but, you know, his 1,000-meter horses first up, they can look fat and, and win. Um, but the big thing about him was he he, he can be really tall. He can be a terrible parader, you know, kind of horse that a yard watcher shouldn't be backing. Um, but you know he walked around pretty profe- you know very professional and uh, I thought he, he was a shot. Uh, Leo, um, who uh, looked more forward to my eye, I thought it ran a great race. So I think Maotai has got away with one here and he's got more upside uh, than Leo. Okay, um, another one of the uh, requests for how they paraded was Conqueror, who was runner up mm-hmm. there in race four against slow tempo. Uh, Arnica's won the race, uh, settling a little bit further in front. Conqueror got really wide there in the straight, and I don't know what it would have traded in run because uh, Dar- Hong Kong Darren sort of half mm. uh, half dragged it in. He was doing the best to get it to, to run home with Pike on board, but look, the overall figure's awful here. Well, Arnaqua um, won the race. It, it and Conqueror both paraded very fresh. Um, both, well, Conqueror, I, I fell into it because I, I thought it, despite – Inexperience, showing an inexperienced attitude pre-race, but like he was kind of dancing around it. And never at any stage did he really look too hot and bothered or anything by it. But, you know, Chris has obviously got some of the best strappers in the country and the strapper did a great job with the horse, I thought. And it's such a great job that he sucked me into like a two and a half, three unit play. Mm-hmm. And Hanukkah, uh, what's time for as a, as a late two-year-old? I thought I might go to Brisbane and, and be something. Um, but as a type, I'd say decent to good conqueror. That that's about it. I am comparing it to older horses here, so he, he might stand out a bit more in his own age group. But um, and and he's got improvement to come in terms of you know being more professional. And he did cop a, a decent whack uh, from 
uh, Grace, another Chris Horse, Grace of Stalia, um, at the 250 there. And, you know, I, I think Pike is it's kind to him late. And uh, one more for our man Gomes. He wanted to know how Alcione looked there in race seven, which was the best race on the card in terms of overall figures. Won by Lord Ardmore. Uh, Grove Ferry was runner up. Francesco Guardi was third. How did Alcione uh, look? Well, we backed it first up um, where he was, he, he, I thought he'd improved because he was a little bit edgy that, that first day. He's, he's, a, he's a tall kind of, he's a tall, good, so decent to good type again. But he doesn't walk that well, which I don't usually like kind of tallish horses that don't walk well because they're usually um, plodders. Um, maybe no good, this horse. Maybe the form race, that he, the horses he beat um, are no good. I thought he had every chance um, and the winner's a good horse. And, you know, I thought it would be very hard to beat. You know, I put him in an exactor with Alcyon and um, left with the ticket. Always the best. Um, okay. Look, that's Randwick in a nutshell. Uh, was there one horse that you'd like to follow, Rob? Uh, not really. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll just, 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 just play on. You know, yeah. I look, Arna, there's a lot of improvement in the, in the cup. You know, horses that with win with good improvement in them, they usually go well next start. So, you know, Arnaqua and Maotai. Um, and, yeah, as for the, the missile stakes, um, you know, I think count to rupees you know, keep an eye on it. But what is it? Is, is it a, it almost what a golden eagle. My goodness. My goodness. The flying bird race. That's what's really getting me going at the moment. Curl, speaking of getting me going, how big is this figure of couldn't refuse a Doombin that's seven lengths better than anything else in the card? That's probably mostly due to tempo, but uh, that seems a reasonably big performance of the day. Yeah, it doesn't it? What? And it would have been the greatest thing beaten in the history of the world. If it didn't win, I don't know. I assume that. I assume that the uh, that the ten point four length defeat the previous start when it was seventeens out the thirty ones just topped him off <laughs> for this run on Saturday. Like dead set, um, could have been the win on the synthetic the start before it, uh, the Sunny Coast Poly. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, I found it, was, it in run curls. It, it I'm like, sure you did. It looked like Apache Chase, the stable mate. Yeah, it just in run. I love. It I, was I, never, it, ever, ever getting beat. It was yeah. 18 nibbled into you know 15, 16 dollars an SP 20, and was never getting beat. Ping, um, ping the lids, then settled beautifully behind a genuine tempo. Um, and probably the start before, and probably the start before as well at Bow Desert when it SP'd thirteen dollars um, was another run that I've overlooked clearly. Um, thanks for bringing this up, Peter. Um, we can now just put this down to Queensland. He wanted it more. The Maroons, you know, he just wanted it more on the day. It meant more to him than the others. Um, not a lot to not a lot to take out of the meeting. Um, Probably the highlight for me was um, uh, an apprentice, Angela Jones, who um, has been getting a lot of media up in Queensland. And I know that the greater country doesn't see it, but being a Queenslander, it's suffocatingly ridiculous um, because there's about 15 different media outlets here and they all share the same content. Um, So, you know, the hype, I was hoping the hype doesn't get with her. You know, we've had stories about her and her boyfriend and her relationships. It's just been women's day type 
content. Um, but she rode really well. Uh, there's a couple of races there where she, um, you know, pocketed some senior riders and things like that, particularly one that we were on in Sir Rocket where he forgot to pull out and then Anne shut the gate on him and you know, Sky Channel presenters sprayed me on Twitter the next day because I potted the ride. It's been, it's all happening um, here, but none of it went my way on Saturday, Peter. So, uh, um, quick manhood word. got beat as well, which was my triple scoop bet and the other scoops lobbed. Yeah, that's a big gross. So, well, if you want to talk about Mackay or Bundaberg or something like that, fair enough. But I've got nothing to add from Dooman. Um, I just wanted oh. one word on spiritualised. It's if you ignore race five, it's the best figure in the day. It's a that was its fifth start as a three now three year old. Mm. Me and my infinite wisdom tweeted post race that that was a low win and mm. twelve hundred is as far as it wants. And then on the post-race interview, Bernadette was talking to Tony, who's contemplating taking it to Melbourne. So yeah. judge me, aren't I? I'll, I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what price it lobs in Melbourne. It probably depends on who it comes up against. $151 in a race over 1200 but Hard Empire was hundreds, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think the Melbourne three-year-olds are much good, are they, Jackson? No. Yeah. Anyway, look, it led and done it, done it at both ends, and held off um, a couple of horses that will probably be bashing around at Toowoomba. Yep. Next prep. Uh, one, one more. Uh, Grace and Harmony uh, for, for Uncle Chris loomed looked very very well first up. We're on for the service. Yeah. That I mean, my goodness, shouldn't it should have just won, shouldn't it? I thought so, but I thought that about contributing factor. Yeah. Which, uh, and I didn't have Sheen Saver. You know, it could have been a lovely, you know, you just compound mistakes sometimes at the track, and that's what I did on Saturday. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to go again this week. I'm going to go again, back <laughs> myself in. It's, it's August. That's bad. What else do you do? Well, you can't give up, that's for sure. Um, we got a question here from Adam Hutchings regarding how cast is a Belmont track. Well, Adam, on a scale of 1 to 10, one being it's completely fine and 10 being it's completely, you know, it's you're racing on lava, shit ass. It's probably about a 9.24. Um, it's horrible at the moment. And I, I must say, I for, for the service, I half-stuffed the meeting there on Saturday because I predicted the pattern. I was just too gun-shy trying to bet nine races in advance on a 12-race card when it's still wet and you're expecting the inside would chop out. Well, it didn't. I think we had 10 and a half winners that settled rails and run. I do love my favorite thing about rails and run is because it's rails and run, there is some level of advantage to being there on pace, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's forward advantage, but every time it's rails and run, there's always some sort of, you know, uh, perception that it is, you have to be on speed. It's one of the most beautiful things available. Look, the thing that really stood out for me is I backed ginger fly for the captain's picks. I took, Starting price, um, best oat starting price, because no one else on planet Earth seemingly found it, and I had it marked about two sixty. And I thought, well, you know, we might get a better price here. It might drift out to four fifty, four eighty, five dollars. And then it was three seventy into two sixty, and I was like, well, look, I can't take this price because it's got gate three, and there's still that small chance, and it doesn't settle rails and run, and that's just going to completely stuff its chances. Mr. Start settled four back the fence. And I was like, well, in run, I'm kind of happy to still not be on it. And then completely and utterly pissed in off a fast tempo. The robots have found it. Too good them. Slap on the wrist to me. You know, God, I hate this game sometimes. 
If I Peter. had a little bit more psychopath in me, he would have just been Shane Curlier going, just bet, don't think, just bet. Yeah, thinking is massively overrated. Um, is there any way that they could, like, not completely destroy their own racetrack by running 12 races on their three days a week? Is there no other town in Perth that near Perth that has a racetrack? I mean... Look, is, how so far's the next? How far's like Northern or something? What's the? Gee, I'm not. I'm not asking them to take it down to Bald Knob or Kalgoorlie. <laughs> Just is there a racetrack somewhere that they could run it at, Look, apart from Belmont? There is. The problem is, is that Perth racing is different to racing and wagering WA. So Rawa is the government. Perth racing is their own enterprise. They have the rights to metropolitan racing, i.e. Saturday and Wednesday. So when there's a standalone meeting, whether it be at Kalgoorlie or Kinjara or Bunbury, when uh, Bunbury's operational, they get something back in return. So they're not going to hand off uh, just because the track's copped a bit of wear. And we've got to remember that Belmont actually functioned as a summer track this year for the first time because Ascot was having a bit of, uh, I can't remember why, what the reason was, but Ascot wasn't functioning twice a week. So we had Belmont midweek racing and replacing uh, Bunbury. That's the reason they were using it. So, look, the, the track has copped a lot of wear. It has been wet, blah, 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 but it's also been wet previously. We're up to our third track manager, like I've said before. It's going to take him probably the best part of 12 months to work out exactly all the nooks and crannies and sort out all this sort of shit to do with the track. But it is very, very difficult to be betting there at the moment. Yeah, Katanara's racing better. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Anyway. Go, yeah, go for a wander. You'll find it. Yeah. Um, actually, the most consistent track at the moment probably in WA is Kalgoorlie. So, uh, yeah, it's getting up to Kalgoorlie round, not too far away. So uh, I'm starting to do a little bit more form there gradually. It's also Broom Sprint on Tuesday and uh, Broom Cup later in the week. So there might be a few dirty bets coming out in the filthy oh. dirt track. So we'll fight and say. Do they take them across from Darwin after the end of the Darwin Carnival? Yeah. Is Broom like the next stop? Yeah, there's a few Darwin Raiders coming across. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting you might be able to fall for. You might be able to find us a few pearls, Peter, and Broom. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Shane Giulio is heavily winking through the camera at me. I'm here all week. We'll have to have another podcast just for Dad Jacks. Okay. All right. We had a question as well from Juppy regarding, please explain the betting around Pillbox in the last at Swan Hill yesterday. Now, Juppy, I must admit, I wasn't necessarily paying attention to Swan Hill there yesterday, but I have looked at the flux and uh, I can understand why you might be a little bit confused. So Pillbox, race eight. <laughs> Number two, drawn gate 20 there, employ on board for Nathan Hobson. The VOP fluctuations, the official price, open $4.20. 14 minutes later, it was $3.10. Five minutes later, it was $7, which was its starting price. Uh, in the meantime, on Betfair, it went from $3.92 out towards the top of around $12 before settling at about $7.90 as the SP. Wow. Uh, I, I can explain this if you want. Okay, if you want me go to go for it. That would be very helpful. All right, um, N. Hobson, Swan Hill. That's so all. it's an auto bet for the data, boys? Yeah, well, so the morning of it's 6.50, mm-hmm. and then it goes t- to 3.90 in one flux with Toppy. So yeah. a person with seemingly some idea is like this. Yeah, but they turn them off all the time anyway. Yeah, and then... 
a person with a, another idea has backed it at about two o'clock, maybe, but maybe person in Swan Hill, who knows? <laughs> and they've just seen Ed, Ed Hobson and it's yep. gone to three bucks and the rest is madness. Yeah, because obviously there was a lot of action there in the last five minutes and people just, you know, jumping on and, uh, look, you know, if you took some of that earlier price, I guess you could potentially trade. But at the same time, we're talking about, you know, Swan Hill liquidity. So, and watching the replay, you know, gate 20, it's four wide, no cover, basically sitting there at the back for a lot of the race and, you know, never really got into it. Um, mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure without having a look at the data prior to the race. I'm not sure I'd be finding something drawn gate 20, but. I thought um, Jackson's summation is a lot better than my theory. Um, my theory was it got backed in the morning um, and then at around 2.05, um, they saw the ride of Empoy on Essent <laughs> and thought, well, I'm laying everything that he's on and it drifted. <laughs> To five dollars. That's how. That's what I thought happened, but obviously I was how, wrong. How obscene was that? Just, just. It's, like, it's obscene. It's completely obscene. But it was four eighty to three ten or whatever. Hmm. And I, I wasn't expecting to lead by by any stretch, but I didn't think we'd be twenty off them at the turn. No, well, it's a it's a good question. It's a good assessment from you, Jackson. We saw a very similar scenario where the highest rated horse, most progressive horse, best horse, we were on at two sixty, Argyle Lane in the last at um, the Sunshine Coast, and it's just completely unwanted in the market drifting. Now, the, I only put that down to Josh King is the new trainer. Steve Trugay trained it. Steve Trugay's got a great strike rate. You know, blah 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 blah. He's retired, transferred all the horses into the bloke that does all the work for him anyway. So as far as I'm concerned, there's no difference. But I'm assuming that somewhere in some data set, Josh King's a big negative, never trained a winner. This horse should be $4. Um, I think the the market moves in, <clears throat> um, you know, particularly the ones that you said, Jacko, you talked about it, that Hobson example, you know, a certain bloke backs it at Toppy, it's turned off. And then the true price is set by the big boys on the fair. Yep. I'm just watching the replay of race four. And when you see the two horses drawn, the two widest come across, no intent, sneak back to last, widest into the straight. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great weekend for my mental health, it must be said. That blue cup, stageman. Well, you've got the best and worst of Ollie there. Yeah. Ollie Genius knock you off on blue on the up the inside, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. On the Oz Bloodstock horse, fifth position. Mm. Anyway, what a game. Any what bad beats? We, we, we do punch on, always punch up, not punch down, as uh, Jay Dickens would say. Look, was there any bad beats in the sport that we saw over the weekend? Did anyone have anything on, uh, you know, women's cricket, AFL, um, high all. jump, you know, something like that that uh, went astray? Uh, yeah, I back Collingwood. Uh, anyone that's on Twitter would have seen me doing a victory lap for about an hour and a half <laughs> uh, when I declared them in run at $6. Um, I was on the women's – I was on India to knock off England in the women's semi-final. I was on Australia at $1.42, <clears throat> $1.42 um, to win the gold medal. 
but that was offset this morning by doing about 1,500 on the golf where <laughs> I was on Sun Im and had a great book. Only one bloke could beat me. And that bloke shot 27 for the front nine on the final round to go on and win by five. I'm not saying it's a bad beat, but um, well, last leg of the all up into Toowoomba that we had um, the horse tripped over when the gates opened and ran last in a four horse field. It was two ten into a dollar fifty five. That's bad enough. Yeah, that's nah, Toowoomba. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, anyway. That's enough of my bad beat whinging. Okay. Uh, week ahead, we have got in Victoria, Sandown Wednesday, once more backing up after the Sunday meeting. And there's a meeting at Sale Thursday, Geelong Friday, but then Caulfield, Mountain Yard Mail there on Saturday, Jackson. Yep. TV Lines Day, the, the unofficial start of spring. Absolutely. Uh, can't wait. The good horses are going to be back, or well, maybe anyway. Um, yeah. Rob, you've got Kenzo Wednesday, Rose Hill on Saturday. And that Rose Hill meeting has Rosebud, I'd say. Oh, the Rosebud. Yeah. <laughs> what um what grade is that? Is that like, you know, a group one? Three-year-olds. <laughs> it's a three-year-old. I think it's another underfunded race. It has some very good winners in the Rosebud. It's got a very good 20-year, well, 15, 20-year history since you an injection of um cash. Yes. Look, yeah, in fairness, it does carry ten thousand dollars more in prize money than the three-year-old benchmark seventy-two on the same card, Rob. Um, good hey. race, the rose, but the yeah. gold run to the rose and golden rose yeah. um, type horses kick off this race or the one yeah. the following week. Yeah. Dissident. Um, I had a good bet. I think got beat one year, um, but yeah, it's, it's proper mentality. Just couple that spring to mind. Remember mentality in the orange colours, big flashy chestnut for mm. hawks. Yep. No, not really. Um, there's <laughs> nine at Belmont on Wednesday. There's ten listed there on Northern on Thursday. I oh, Jesus. Jeez. Well, um, yep, yep, exactly. Uh, but curls, you've got uh, you know the usual sort of shenanigans up there in Queensland, don't you? Doombin, Ipswich, Eagle Farm, Gold Coast, Toowoomba, some other place that I've never heard of. Yeah, it's just the usual. This seems a bit of a rotation. The Ipswich Turf Club have been strong on having their Friday meetings there and sort of seem to have found our way back into that groove. Doom and Wednesday, Ipswich Friday, and then the usual Gold Coast, Eagle Farm and Toowoomba on Saturday. Yep. All right. Well, as Jackson alluded to, it is the unofficial start of spring this week. All the good horses are slowly coming back in dribs and drabs, but it is getting far more exciting. Uh, We've been going well during winter we just have to maintain the range and the momentum kick on into spring beautiful thanks peter (laughs) thanks everyone (laughs) go spring